0: Today's show is dedicated to the memory and legacy of the Honorable Elijah Cummings, Congressman 7th District, Maryland. Welcome to Success in the Evening. I'm your host, Coach Ricky Terry, President of One Do North, LLC, and we want to thank you for joining the show today. We got a lot of things coming at you. And uh, there's an opportunity for this to be to be a sad occasion, but I'm going to be honest with you, we're celebrating life, the life of one of our leaders, the life of one of our heroes, a person who looked like me and looked like my son and looked like my grandfather and my uncle, who spoke like a cousin who loved me, who cared about his people, who cared about all people, the honorable Elijah Cummings Welcome back to NLG Radio This is Success in the Evening with Coach Ricky Terry I'm your host and uh, as you all know by now we've lost a legend we've lost a hero y'all but we're not really really mourning we're just respectfully remembering and I want you guys to hang with me today because we're going to have some really great guests that are going to be a part of the conversation today. Some of those who walked in the shadow of the Honorable Elijah Cummings. Some of those who sat around dinner tables and breakfast tables and living room dining tables or couches. And they just talked. And we're going to remember this hero today. And if you don't know him, we're going to introduce you to him. And so I want you to stick with us. night. I want you to be a part of it. If, if you can, you're invited to call in at 202-299-6673. Again, the call-in number is 202-299-6673. And we're going to ask that you be patient because we're anticipating, you know, a little bit of a flood. But um, if you got a story of uh, the congressman, we want you to share it with us as we're going to share. So I want you to stick around one Welcome back to Success in the Evening. This show is produced, sponsored, and directed by OneDoNorth.com. Guys, we have a very special guest on the phone today, and so we're not going to waste a whole lot of time. We got a a lot of people lined up for the call that's going to be joining us, so we're going to get right into it again. We are honoring the life of Elijah Cummings, congressman out of Baltimore, Maryland, the 7th District. Who we got on the phone with us today? Ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Arnold Jolivet. Uh, he was personally connected with uh, Mr. Uh, Cummings. Uh, Mr. Jolivet, are you still here? I'm here.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: Well, we we thank you, sir, and um, on behalf of, of my team, the flight crew, we want to welcome you to success in the evening. We're... You know, we're not happiest under these conditions, but we're trying to be faithful and happy. And we're trying to make sure that the right story get told. Uh, it's been pushed out of the national news almost completely. So I feel like it's one due north. I feel like it's our job to make sure that his story gets told to his people. And I know you were close, you knew. Can you, um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the congressman and and what it was like, and what it must have been like for him, sir.
1: Well, uh, I was blessed to have known uh, Congressman Cummings uh, not just as the congressman, but I was blessed to have known him uh, prior to uh, his move into public service. Uh, his my father, uh, the late Arnold Javits Senior, and uh, Congressman Cummings were uh, good friends. Uh, they have known each other for almost 40 years, 40-plus 40 years. And I had a chance to see up close and personal uh, a, a side that, um, you know, the public may not have seen, but also the side that he also shared with those that he represented. Uh, he was a person that had a huge heart, uh, would try to help anyone any time that he could. And the great thing about it is as he continued to grow uh, as an individual, and grow in his service. The platform in which he was able to help people uh, expanded, and he was able to do more good. So I was always, even as a as a as a teenager, I was in awe of this man's work ethic. You know, at first being a, an, an attorney uh, and, and working for his uh, his clients, and then going into public service, and just being one of the hardest working uh, public servants. Uh, that I see, he was really the standard bearer uh, for all public servants and how they should uh, conduct
0: their lives. Wow. Well, you know, I'm gonna ask you since we get the the first opportunity to hear what he was like as the man, without his title, and just how he would share himself. What was it like to sit in his presence? And can you share anything with well, that uh, he? what
1: what what the story? <laughs> I've always heard is um, you know as as most people know, Congressman Cummins was a, uh, a Howard University bison, uh, which I am myself uh, one of the one of the factors that motivated me to, to attend Howard was some of the great men and women that that uh, went before, uh, and a lot of folks don't know the story. You know he he wasn't initially going to be able to uh, attend Howard University because his parents just simply didn't have the money. And so um, he thought he was going to have to end up going to a different university. Uh, when his father dropped him off at Carver Hall in D.C., his father told him, son, this is, this is all I got. And he basically gave him a few dollars uh, in, 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 a, in, in one or two pieces of luggage, and, and that was it. He knew he had to make it on his own. But he got a phone call from the financial office of Howard University, and they told him that someone had— uh, declined or someone decided that they weren't coming to Howard and there was a spot that had opened up for him to be able to attend the university. And so he did not take lightly that opportunity to receive that help financially of becoming a student at Howard and, and made the most of it. So, you know, that was really something that, that motivated me and still motivates me that, you know, to not take lightly an opportunity and that, um, uh, that someone has giving you. And once he got on campus at Howard, I mean, he just really took off and, and made a name for himself.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I have an audio um, that I want to play of him talking about that. And we're going to take, take a real slight break and play that audio, and then we're going to come right back to you, okay?
2: Okay. over there be over but we grew up in a household where we were taught to constantly lift up other people. We were taught to take whatever we had, whatever deck of cards we were given, or whatever hand we had, and make the best of it. My father, his favorite meal was a sweet
3: potato.
2: Mm-hmm. And I remember sometimes he would sit down with the sweet potato and he would take it in it and put it on the table. And he say You know, I wonder how, I wonder what happened when they first discovered that the sweet potato was something that you could eat. In other words, it looks all squiggly. I mean, you ever seen it? You know sweet potato. Yes, yes, yes. It doesn't look like something you're going to eat, really. And he said, Then one day somebody decided to heat it up and discovered that it was food and it was nourishing to the body. His point was that no matter what, where you are, you can transform your life to life. That's right. And he would constantly talk about bringing life to life. Mm-hmm. And as I close, let me say this. When I got to Howard University, they, I had a situation where my father brought me up to Carver Hall in 1969. He drives up, and all I had was a suitcase—you know, one of them tweed suitcases, you know, the ones that you know, the ones that get holes in them, and you know that, that kind of suitcase. And I had a green bag, trash bag, with all my stuff in it.
3: Mm. Now, I'll
2: never forget. He drove, drives up to Carver Hall, and he says to me, "He says now, boy." Me and your mama, we done bought you far as we could.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We didn't have much education, but we bought you as sh- 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 far as we could. He said, now they got some, they tell me they got some good Negro professors up in y'all.
4: and some white ones do. And they're
2: going to teach you real good. He said, but no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, remember this said I want you to go in those walls of Howard University and get blessed so you can bless get blessed so you can bless that is what this is all about and so I thank all of you for making it possible to be a part of the blessing I often tell people people come up to me all the time saying
1: Oh, thank
2: you, Congressman.
0: Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Guys, you've been listening to the voice of the Honorable Elijah Cummings, and wow. Wow. You've got to get blessed so you can be a blessing. I don't know if the message can be any clearer. You've got to go inside those walls. That's right. You've got to go inside those walls within your own personal walls. And get blessed, so you can be a blessing, sir. When you hear him say that, when you hear him hear him speak with that passion and direction and purpose, what comes to mind?
1: Well, I, I think it just uh, really encapsulates um, his life and his legacy because he was always challenging uh, everyone to do better, to be better. Uh, he spoke several times at uh, awards, events, or even the smaller groups to minority contractors and minority business people. And one thing he would always push is for them to do better, to work harder, uh, to, to dream bigger, uh, not for themselves, but to be able to reach back to someone else who was trying to make it to pull them up.
0: Come on now, and keep one talking.
1: thing that, that was... Um, that I, that I loved about him is he also challenged those in government. Uh, he also often talked about how uh, people in public service and, can, and government can get comfortable uh, in those positions, but he was always challenging them to do more. If there was uh, legislation uh, that was passed to uh, help level the playing field uh, for economically, uh, he would always push his, his counterparts to do more and to be more. And I think what it did, uh, even though we have a long way to go, I think that it also motivated those around him who were in public office, those were in Congress, those were the senators, but even at the local level, it motivated them to do more because, one, they knew that he would hold them accountable. And number two, uh, as I mentioned before, his work ethic was such that it made people look like they weren't doing what they were supposed to do if they didn't do at least half of what he was doing.
0: Wow. So when, when we talk about the standard bearer, the torch carrier, he set the standard. Um, you were blessed to be mentored by him. I got to ask you, tell me tell me what it was like to, to sit back just you and him and, and be able to hold a conversation those intimate moments uh, because I crave them when I get around the people I look up to. What was that like for you?
1: Well, I mean, he, he often talked about the, the mentors that he had such as uh great men like a uh, uh, former congressman, parent J. Mitchell, uh, those people that, that he had sat at the foot of and learned from them. So when you get around uh, someone that has that, that, that knowledge or that lineage, all you can really do is listen. You know, there's really not a whole lot for me to say <laughs> when someone like uh, Elijah Cummins talks. All, all I have to do is listen. And so, you know, that was that was the blessing of being able to just hear him speak. Uh, but more importantly, just watch how he interacted uh, with people. When he would go to an event or when he was out and about in public, he didn't have an entourage. He didn't have handlers. He didn't have bodyguards. You know, he was he was accessible. You could touch him. You could stop him. You could talk to him. You know, you hear so many people now who are who are speaking about his legacy, and, and they'll tell you that they they saw him in a supermarket. You know, they saw him at a at a restaurant, or at the dry cleaners, or, you know, uh, you know, out and about at an event. You know, he wasn't someone who was sitting uh, up, you know, in a house on the hill. He he still had his
0: home in West Baltimore, and he lived at for you know for over 30 years. I was hoping you I was hoping you get to that, and for those that don't know oftentimes and I'm just going to say this, when we make it the first thing we want to do is move out. That's just what we want to do. we, we, we equate moving up with moving out and leaving those behind us to fend for themselves. And here is the idea of the perfect the, the perfect leader doesn't leave his people and lead from a mansion. He stays in the vineyard. He he stayed in the field. He, he kept his hand to the plow with the people until all the people came up. That's the mark of a leader. A leader is someone who understands their people and looks out for their welfare. That's what a leader is. A leader makes sure that their people eat first. When Baltimore was in trouble, deep trouble, and, and the Freddie Gray tragedy was going on, we didn't have to search for our leader. Our leader was already living amongst us. What was that like, sir, to, to watch leadership under fire? And, and I remember watching him and thinking how proud I was that there was one man who was willing to stand up when no other man was, was willing to take those hits. What was it like watching him on the front line of that, that, that burning fire?
1: Well, two things to address that as far as, uh, you know, being amongst the people and and not having uh, moved out of the area. We would have uh, uh, meetings that uh, Congressman Cummings would come and talk to and into our organization. And we would often have them at the Belvedere Hotel uh, in Baltimore. And I would tell uh, the folks that worked with us that Congressman Cummings was coming and that to be on the lookout for him, uh, and what time he would be there. And so oftentimes they would be looking for a limousine or looking for a Cadillac or a Mercedes to pull up and, <laughs> and so they would miss him sometimes because he would pull up in a 1992 accurate legend. And then and I would and I would say to so him, when are you, you going to get a new car, Congressman? And he was like, oh, I don't need a new car. This, this fits me just fine. Get me back and forth to DC. All I need to do. But uh, so, so you know, but as far as his presence, uh, I would say that his mere presence had a calming influence uh, among the community because uh, he wasn't the type of person that came around when trouble happened. He wasn't the type of person that just came around uh, for a photo op or for a, a TV hit. You know, he was already there in the community. when the, the Freddie Great uh, incident, happened, you know, 10 minutes from his home, 15 minutes from his home. So he didn't have to uh, get on a plane or he didn't have to make a decision as to, you know, what he was going to do. It was already in his heart and his spirit uh, because he had a pulse and a sense of what was going on in the community, and he was received uh, by those in the community because they saw him there all the time, not just when uh, the rest of the world was descending upon Baltimore because we had news uh, people coming from all over the world when yes. the Freddie Gray incident happened and once all of the hype was over, they packed up their trucks and their microphones and and, and, and their boom mics and they left.
0: Well I wanna but tell you there. I wanna tell you what I loved about that. I I, I, I listened to him speak at uh, one of the universities where he was called to to speak and he spoke about that very thing where there were all of these cameras, as you described, from all kind of nations, uh, Paris and and and, and um, everywhere, you know, and and he and he welcomed them and thanked them for coming to to learn about and hear about, but he also challenged them as as all leaders, as all people who have a platform, should be challenged. He asked them, where were you when? he was being raised by a mother who had an addiction problem. Where were you when lead was going through his body because he had moved from house to house to house and each house was filled with lead as a little boy. And so that lead lead, uh, got into his bloodstream, which gave him some disadvantages that other people didn't have. Where were you when he needed you? And that's the challenge I think all of us have. Where are we when they need us? You know, he asked the question, what will history ask of you? And what will you say when it asks you, where were you when the country, when the constitution needed you most? Did you complain or were you in the game? Sure. So we're gonna play another clip from the Congressman. Can you stand by for a second,
5: please? Absolutely.
3: And I told them, no, 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 no,
2: no, no. You got it backwards. I said, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for giving me opportunity. Mm -hmm. What is a preacher without a congregation? Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) What's a teacher without a student? Mm -hmm. In other words, I believe that part of my destiny and part of my purpose on Earth, Hobbs, is to lift other people up. But if I don't have people to lift up, if I don't have people to stand up for, then I cannot feed my soul.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And I'm about feeding my soul. I don't want to die feeling that I did not do everything in my power to make a difference. You know why? Because somebody stood up for me. A mother and father stood up for me. Teachers stood up for me when I was in special ed. My fellow classmates stood up for me at Howard University when I was admitted into Five Meta Capital and didn't even know what Five Meta Capital was. Mm-hmm. Law professors stood up for me. The doctors at Hopkins, 27 different nationalities stood up for me. Our diversity is not our problem. It is our promise. And so, again, I thank all of you for being here. I'm going to give me a
0: Diet Coke. (laughs) Guys, you've been listening to the voice of the Honorable Elijah Cummings. We've lost him, and this one's going to hurt for a little while. We lost a great leader. Sir, I want to thank you for calling us, for giving us some insight, personal insight into the congressman. Before we let you go, though, is there one thing you believe that the congressman would want us to know as a point of action. Could you share something with us, please?
1: Well, I'll share this with you, and I, and I believe that uh, Congressman Cummins, um got this saying from uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson. But it was something he would often say, and it really wasn't so much what he said, but how he said it, how he said it. And there's no way that I could duplicate the same. Uh, emphasis, or the same passion that he would say it, but normally after the meetings that he would speak at for our contractors, he would say, "I'm tired of sailing my little boat far inside the harbor bar. I want to go out with the big ship float out on the deep where the great ones are. And should my final frail craft prove too slight for waves that sweep those billow over." I'd rather go down in the stirring fight than drown to death at the sheltered shore. So that was, that was a, a saying that he would often say, and he would say that to encourage everyone to think bigger, to be bigger, to not settle for being that little ship, but have the guts and the courage to go out where the big ships are and fight for everything that you want and everything that the, the people that went before us, more importantly, for for us to have, for us to be, and for us to do. So, uh, I'm just uh, excited that you uh, took the time to pay
0: this tribute, and I thank you again for uh, having me on. Sir, I, I wanna I wanna say thank you, and I wanna make the listeners understand something. We we've got to go and we got to go to a break, and we got to pick up another caller. But I, I really wanna thank the brotherhood um, and the sisterhood. Uh, starting with, I've got to thank uh, a good friend of my wife of over 40 some odd years uh colette houchins and i want to thank uh rudy Gass- gasson i want to thank them for making this connection happen that got me to you uh and i want to thank the community of baltimore for how you are you know how you're holding your head up guys we we know you took a hit we we know this one hurt and i want to assure you that there are if not an entire nation there are uh, a lot of us that are putting our arms around you guys right now, the Charmed City could use some love right now. During its darkest days, its chief, its chief leader stood up to, to the principalities of, of, of this world, and he didn't bat an eye. He, he went forward, and, and he rose and raised up a bunch of leaders out of Baltimore, and so we can't wait to, to meet you guys. We know you're coming from every end of Baltimore as good soldiers to fight the good fight. And I want to encourage you that you take his ideas, you, you take the mantle from wherever you are and you run with it as if your life depended on it. Because while they may think they had stopped the drum beat and the drum major, I can tell you this right now, the dream and the reality of the dream still marches on. Guys, you've been listening to Success in the Evening with Coach Ricky Terry. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with uh, the executive director of Asala. Thank you again, sir, and give our condolences to the family, please.
1: All right. Thank you. God bless.
0: Welcome back to NLGradio.com. You're listening to Success in the Evening with Coach Ricky Terry, and we are honoring the Honorable Elijah Cummings today. This is something I'm really, really proud of because I've worked my whole life because of the blueprints that men and women, like the congressman, who gave us an opportunity to bear the torch, and I couldn't wait to put my hands on that torch and try to run with it. I couldn't wait to try to teach somebody else how to run with that torch. And speaking of running with the torch, we are fortunate to have the executive director of Asala on the line with us today. Ms. Sylvia, how you doing? Finding yourself, Rick, how's
6: everything going?
0: I, I, well, I gotta say what I say, I'm doing super supercalifragilisticexpialidocious kind of good. I get to usher in a part of history and, I get to speak with some amazing people about an amazing person. How could I be doing anything else other than doing good? Would you please, please introduce yourself completely to our listening audience, and then let's talk about the congressman.
6: Certainly. So I have the honor of being the executive director of the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. I know it's a long name but it's a powerful and important name that we uh, say the acronym is ASALA, but this is the organization 104 years ago that was founded by the undisputed father of black history, Dr. Carter G. Woodson. And for 104 years, this membership organization based in Washington, D.C., with members all across the country and internationally, seeks to make sure that the truth about the contributions of African Americans and those of African descent are properly recorded and celebrated in our history. I
0: know that's right. You about to make me start shouting already. And I I got to tell you, I myself and my family, we are proud to be a part of the organization and we are proud of what the organization does. And in that leadership, you often get a chance to look at not only past leaders, but now leaders. And we just recently lost a general. What is the thoughts of Asala on the history of Elijah Cummings?
6: Well, I must tell you, Rick, that uh, when you asked me to, to participate in this uh, broadcast, it certainly was an honor for me. And I have to share with you that many years ago when I came to this association, back in 2004, I actually had an opportunity to be um, a person on the program where Congressman Cummings spoke. Uh, it was really uh, a fantastic event uh, was the National Black Coalition of Federal Aviation Employees. And uh, in conjunction with him, some students from Baloo High School, uh, their choir, also performed. And it's something that I will never forget, because, of course, even at that point in my life, uh, 2004, we knew about the great, powerful uh, uh, congressman that Elijah Cummings was. And to be able to hear him speak at that time was particularly an honor for me. Wow.
0: So is there a, I guess, with your position and and, and the magnifying glass you've had on history, how will Congressman Cummings be remembered? How will his name go down in history?
6: Well, um, there are a number of things that he is uh, particularly noted for, but one of the things that really speaks to to, uh, to me in terms of who he was was he was a believer in this fragile democracy that we have here in America, and he knew that it required nurturing. He knew that it required uh, careful uh, study, and he did everything in his power to ensure that there was a democracy where all Americans Uh, were treated fairly and that the greatness of what this country is and should always strive to be uh, was was coming out of his voice. Um, We know uh, for many of us that are here in this area that he was a great voice in the Freddie Gray riots. Uh, Being from Baltimore, uh, he was one of those people who was always in the neighborhoods. And uh, when the streets were tumultuous. He was out there talking to our people and right. making sure that we made as positive an impact on making change for our people as, uh, as he possibly could. And, and I know that, you know, from his beginnings in West Baltimore, uh, the par- his parents were sharecroppers um, out of South Carolina, and he knew the importance of neighborhood and family. And, and education. And uh, in in doing a little background on him, I also uh, found out that through his elementary school education, he was targeted as someone who uh, was classified in terms of schools. And like so many of our children, um, the system does not accurately connect to who we are and uh, it puts uh, many of our children in special ed and that sort of thing. But if you persevere, uh, you can still achieve. You can't, you know, he wouldn't let that label uh, determine how far he could go. And so he went on to uh, to, to law school and was a, ma- uh, a member of Phi Beta uh, uh, Kappa, the, the Honor Society, and went on to, to law school and became a politician, one of those people who change, uh, who was a change agent. And much like Dr. Carter G. Woodson, the father of black history, individuals like Congressman Cummings who take it upon themselves to fight the good fight until the end, and that's certainly what he did, um, it just shows the power of what one person can do once you put your mind to it.
0: That is absolutely correct, and I, I want to make sure that the listeners understand you can't wait for the next drum major to come along. We can't afford to wait for the next drum major to come. You've got to become the drum major in your community, in your home, in your school, on your job, in your small business, in your entrepreneurship, in your quest. You've got to become that light, and you've got to make sure that your light is burning bright because there are people who are searching for it. There are people who want to help, and we've got to make sure they have a pathway. And organizations like Asala and other organizations around the country play a vital role but there's no greater role that can be played than that which is in the on the west side of Baltimore and their example they set of being blue collar and hard working. There is no greater example than the men and women that are in Congress fighting for our democracy. Something that something that the Congressman gave his life down to his last breath for. Our okay. democracy our democracy and so no we can't just go all oh, that said we've got to say I'll step up I'll step in this is not the time to give in give up or give out we don't have that much farther to go but we've got a little ways to go and we cannot get there on our own I don't care how down you are or how up you are we have got to now come together as he said our differences is not our problem our differences is not our problem our problem is we've got to be able to identify the next man or woman up will you step up because he wouldn't want us to stop here i don't believe that his his place in history will only be marked by asala and the naacp and and some other groups no his legacy lives on with the child that's in the fourth fifth and sixth grade right now that is getting ready to choose a college or a career his success is your success. And our success is the history of our people's success. We are a proud people. We can't quit now. He would not be happy with us if we quit now. I want to thank Asala and all of those that do the work you do to record history. But I really want to thank those that are listening and those that will hear this program later That are go- that is going to make history. Because you choose to step up. You choose to be the next man or woman up. We're going to take a slight break. Uh, Sylvia, I, I really want to thank you. I know that you had to jump on this and, and you had other things going on, but I thank you for sharing with us You know what, what was and what is to come, and we really appreciate Asala and all that it stands for.
6: Thank you. Thank you for, for all that you do as well as spreading the, the word and your, your words are so important that, especially as we go into this uh, 2020, the election year, uh, this association has named the Black History theme for 2020, African Americans and the Vote. And primary to our democracy and our responsibility as Americans, we have got to vote, and it is our community that has got to shape the next leaders that come forward. So I just say, you know, I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm just saying that it's important to study the candidates and to vote not just in the presidential election, but every single election. And that is what the late congressman, uh, who was a great supporter of this organization, would want. So thank you for this opportunity and to your listeners, as you have indicated, go forth and change this world and make it a better place. Thank you. Guys, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to Success in the Evening with Coach Rick Terry. He'll be sharing great music and good discussions about topics that will take you to the next level. To join the discussion, call nlgradio.com on 202-299-6673. In the meantime, sit back and listen to our vibe as you cruise to your next destination. (laughs)
7: to let you know that today we are celebrating the special life and contributions of the, the, the man, the congressman Elijah Eugene uh, Cummings. Um, uh, congressman Cummings was born January 18th of 1951 in Baltimore. Um, the, the, we've talked a little bit about the, 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 the meager beginnings that he had uh, growing up with the, as the son of sharecroppers. His mother Ruth, his father Robert, um were his parents and he was the third of seven children um he was 11 years old when they um when he started uh, uh when he was instrumental in integrating the swimming pools in uh south baltimore um part of the education we've also talked about him being a howard university uh, undergraduate he also uh did some work at baltimore city college and the University of Washington and those things allowed him to become the leader that he was um, the the earlier parts of his education are things that you know we we pay attention to you hear about as you talk about his the earlier parts of his life but we more know him for the the latter part of his life he has gained great um, or more, more prominent uh, position recently with what's going on in our, our government and, and the position that he got now, didn't, he didn't come upon that by accident, and I wanted to make sure that I made it a point to let you know that. Um, one of the things that is uh, intricate and I think s- special to know about, um, uh, about uh, Congressman Cummings is that each position that the individuals have, in congress they are given by somebody they are awarded them by the speaker of the house and uh uh, uh, congressman cummings representative cummings was the senior member of the house oversight committee but he did not start as the senior member of the house oversight committee he started as a junior member of the house oversight committee and he um, received that position from uh, the at that Point in time the um, speaker of the house who was uh, um, Nancy Pelosi one of the things that's important to know about how he had achieved this position was it wasn't originally supposed to be his one of the things is that um, the if you are unfamiliar or whether you are familiar or not about the uh, positions that you achieve Adolphus Towns was supposed to receive the position that Elijah Cummings had, but Nancy Pelosi looked at who she had amongst her con- uh, i almost said congregation—amongst <laughs> <laughs> her collective, and said that she preferred that um, she that she preferred that Elijah Cummings get it. And whether you know it or not, one of the things that was instrumental in him getting the position is that she wanted somebody in a position of power to be there in order to protect um, the the back of the 44th president of the United States. And so she made that individual, Elijah Cummings, um, based upon what she knew about him, how he handled himself and how he took care of of business she wanted it to be him and so that's how he got the position that he was holding within the um, within the Congress at the time of his death well I'm I'm very pleased
0: and, and honored to have again people in the House who didn't just know him through his bio didn't just know him through the halls of Congress or had the pleasure of sitting maybe and listening to him at a dinner give a passionate speech. But these are people that were around him when he was allowed to let his guard down. And and I want to tell you as leaders, because this show is about leadership. It is about service. It is about developing people into leaders. And one of the lessons I've learned in the last 24 hours about Congressman Elijah Cummings is that He made sure he had people around him where he could let his guard down. And if you're a leader, there comes a time and a place where you have to let your guard down. Baltimore was a place where he could let his guard down. He could walk the streets freely in Baltimore. People knew who he was. You know, I think of the example that I learned a long time ago in my Bible. Jesus had a place he would go to, and it was called Bethany. I believe Baltimore, the charmed city, was a congressman's Bethany. Bethany was a place where Jesus could go west, where he could meet with his friends. He could hold conversations over dinner. He could, he could talk without worrying about having a hot mic. He could talk without worrying about whether he, could, he would lose voters or not. And it's important that we give our leaders a place where they can come to and people that they can be around that they can trust. I can't tell you how important it is as a leader that you have these kind of people in your life. And that's the kind of people that are speaking about the congressmen today. And we are fortunate to have the Edwards family with us, a generation of of men who had uh, the distinct pleasure of walking with and talking with a national treasure, and so I I want to thank the Edwards family for standing in the gap today for the Cummings family and making the nation, making the world aware of his story, the man, the leader, the person. Edwards family, how are you guys doing, and welcome to success in the evening with Coach Ricky Terry. Coach Terry, thank you so much for having
4: us. Thank well, you so much for having
0: us. Well, Will you do me a favor? Will you announce everybody on the call? I know we got a few people tied into this particular call. Would you please announce us and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go from there.
4: Okay. Yeah, my name is uh, Mariko Edwards. Uh, and on the phone I have uh, my son, Mariko Edwards II, and, uh, and my dad, George Edwards. Um, Mariko II is actually a senior at Morgan right now. Congratulations. Um, I know Congressman Cummins and, uh, held close to his heart. Uh, my dad is in Memphis, Tennessee right now, uh, where I grew up, and I am in Baltimore right now.
0: Well, um, we want to thank you all for, for being a part of it. Keep going, sir. Tell us a little bit about you yeah. guys and your connection.
4: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a I'm a Howard grad, so that's one of the first things that Congressman Cummins and I uh, have in common. and. I'm an attorney, uh, went to the University of Baltimore, and that's another thing that Congressman Cummings and I have have in common. Um, and, and the third thing, and it's not really about me, it's uh, it's about the opportunity that I had to forge a relationship, uh, as you mentioned, this national treasure. Uh, Coach Terry, I it was, it was, uh, was in Florida in, in 2016 uh, on the campaign trail, uh, just the first time ever really engaged. And the day before I was supposed to leave, I got a phone call, and somebody said to me, hey, we, we, we'd like to know if you want to staff Congressman Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm sitting there like, really? <laughs> You're asking me if I want to do that? Like, this is a man that I have admired from a distance? And now? Now, keep in mind, I didn't know what
0: staff meant, but I knew it was some close proximity. So you heard, you heard so, enough, huh?
4: I had heard enough and I said, absolutely. And so, and so what that meant, it was that, you know, Congressman Cumming was on a two day battleground, grassroots, door to door, church to church mission to get out a message of getting out to vote. And I was the guy that was asked and accepted the honor of being with him, just he and I. And it was supposed to be. Just the morning, there was a there was a, a a voting initiative called Souls to the Polls, and what that is is that that Sunday before Election Day, before Election Tuesday, there was a there was a movement to go to as many churches as possible, and I was charged with being with him and taking him from the churches that we were supposed to go to, and it was supposed to be just the morning, but the congressman and I. We connected quickly. We found, and I won't say we found, he found, I found, but somehow there was this divine connection when we began to talk. And I could feel in my spirit that it was teacher to pupil. Mm-hmm. And he, he opened up on so many things uh, about his journey. We found out that like, his parents were sharecroppers, my grandparents were sharecroppers. And we talked about that. So we went from. Talking from politics to well, why are we here, and, and it, it was just an amazing, amazing uh, experience for me, and, and one that, and I, I and, and more questions you ask me, I can tell you, but, but, but it allowed me the opportunity to really understand who he was as a man, as a leader, and as a person, and, and it embodies the the concepts that you're talking about about him today.
7: Well, I'm
0: gonna tell um, you, I, I'm, I'm gonna cut in here because. One of the things that that I heard him say i've I've, I've read uh, some of the things he said, and he would often say that our children are the living message that we send to a future we will never see. And when I, and when I hear you speak of him in terms of mentorship, it, that's yes, the first sir. thing I hear is that no matter how busy we are, no matter no matter how demanding our schedules, whether they be private, public service, or national service, we must never forget that it's incumbent upon us to raise up the next generation. And when I looked at your bio as, as this thing started to come together because of all the people who took part in making sure that we celebrated his life today on this show, the one thing I recognize is all of the people whom he touched. What was that like in, in any, any of your, your family that's on the phone? What was it like to have that kind of presence within your family, within within close proximity? What was that like?
3: Dad, you wanna you wanna chime in? Yes, and I can remember when when I when I first met uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings, you know, I was visiting my son, uh um, Rick who who had um, he had spent some part of the time as he was saying with uh, the Congressman doing work in Florida and uh, you know helping out doing some political work and and, and when the congressman had a fundraiser uh, in Baltimore, I was visiting my son then and and he invited me to that fundraiser. and I was about to meet a Congressman. I thought that's what I said in my mind, man, my son is going to give me an opportunity to meet a Congressman after all he, 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 he! I was about to be a congressman. That was one of the, he didn't, I didn't show that I don't guess that much, but that was an exciting moment for me. I didn't, I didn't know much about, about his work. Only that uh, whatever he was doing, it was important enough for him to be on the evening news. Wow. And, and um, he was almost like a superhero, and and I knew that it would be an honor for my son invited me to that fundraiser. I was saying it's going to be an honor for me to meet him. And and when Congressman Cummins and walked into the room, I remember people stood up and, and they gave him a hand clap. And it was the type of welcome that usually is reserved for a guest preacher at a church or something. And and he shook all of our hands. And he even asked me, he said, what is your name, you know, as yeah, an introduction. And I, and I believe in, in Comments from Comments. And I saw him as a personal hero uh, as, as my attitude became more personal with him in that little short time. And, and at the, close, the, the closing words that I can remember him saying, you know, uh, in his last days on this earth, I remember him saying, when you see... Some people doing some people doing wrong. And and when your children ask you the question, what did you do? And that's what I remember. What did you do when you saw wrong? Whether it was in school, on the streets, in politics, or whatever. The question is, what did you do?
6: To join the discussion,
8: call nlgradio.com on 202. 299-6673. Two nine nine six six seven three. A few things about Elijah Cummins that we didn't touch on earlier that I thought was very powerful about him and his legacy in general is that uh, his grandfather actually experienced, you know, he was a man that spoke up no matter, you know, no matter what he spoke up, especially against, uh, you know, people that, you know, against discrimination he spoke up again. He spoke up for the poor, and it was also one of those things that when he was younger, he witnessed uh, his grand his great grandfather actually, you know, passing because uh, he was a black man and they would not, you know, do surgery on him, unfortunately. So oh my he, god. Yeah, so it was it was a pretty you know he had a slightly different point of view uh, growing up, but he didn't allow that to hold him back. So it was just, you know, his life, his legacy is just very, very powerful. And it's just something that us young people can definitely learn from. I really appreciate the fact that he did not leave his community and move, which you already touched on earlier, uh, Coach Ricky Terry. Um, he wanted to be amongst his constituents. So it was just very um, interesting to see even when, you know, our, our president, wanted to speak up negatively about Baltimore. He was one of the first few people to jump in and take up for Baltimore and say, hey, you know, stop throwing out you know racial slurs and different things like that. He just really spoke up and said, I walk these streets every day. Instead of, you know, talking about it and complaining about it, let's all go about making a change. So I thought that was very, very powerful. Uh, And one thing to note, uh, he will be dearly missed. One thing... uh, I do appreciate about him is that he was basically um, an image, something that we needed. Uh, when he was younger, he thought it was, he wanted to become a lawyer and attorney because he wanted, you know, to other individuals that look like him as well, to know that they can be entertainers as, you know, they don't have to just be entertainers. Be more than yeah, entertainers yeah, be more right. Entertainers. So I thought that was very, very powerful, um, Why, you know, powerful. Uh, Especially in this, and it's also good to see that a lot of people uh, we have a lot of African American uh, people that's in Congress now. So I thought that was pretty powerful. I know you had, we were talking about, um, you know, other leaders that are currently here to this day that kind of could step up, right? And hopefully they will step up. And it's been, I don't know if you saw this year, it was like it's a hemp, you know, a good. Two handfuls of individuals, you know, a lot of African-Americans that jumped into office uh, this year that um, they represent different locations, but it was pretty powerful to see.
0: And he had, uh, he would hold court, he would hold court uh, oftentimes and sit and talk with them in private moments. And, you know, we have the Edwards family on the line and, and they had an opportunity to to sit in that in, in that presence, in that conversation And as we've heard already from the son, and and we're going to hear shortly from the son of the son, that they they understood they were sitting in the presence of greatness. And oftentimes in our families, we don't believe that we are sitting in the presence of greatness, and we don't celebrate it until they're gone, and we've got to get past that. And so if this does nothing else today, I don't want to just give a memory and then we be gone. We have to give a memory that others can build off of. And if you're sitting with your family and you're listening to this, I want you to figure out what you can build. What can you contribute? Because that's what it comes down to, service. What can you contribute to this world? What service can you be to this world? And so I, I really want to thank my guest today who all of them who have been on, but the Edwards family uh, is still with us. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the legacy of our leader who has now taken his place. The bell has tolled for him, but the drum majors music continues to live on Edwards family. Are you still with us? We're still here. Well, I I, I really want to thank you guys for, for staying with us. I want to thank you for uh, representing for the family and, and telling a nation about the great congressman. I want to ask you, sir, was there a moment that, that just you'll never forget for as long as you live of having uh, that intimate conversation uh, with the congressman? Is there one you would share with us? Uh,
4: I do. I, God, there's a number of them, but there's, uh, there's one in particular, Coach Terry, and it was not necessarily what was spoken between us as we were going from place to place in Florida. And keep in mind, this was the first time I'd ever met the congressman, and we got close really quick. I noticed that, you know, he was a bit tired. And I said to the congressman, you know, we, we should probably stop and get, get, you, get you some rest or just not move. And he looked at me and he said, you know, you're right. So he said, find me a tree. So
2: I'm driving this big SUV, and I found this tree. It looked like a little weeping willow. Okay.
4: And and so we parked under that tree. And he says, all right, um, pulled his chair back, and he fell asleep.
0: Wow. Just like that?
4: Just like that. I mean, I'm sitting in the car, and, and i was about to get out. He goes, no, no, no. He said, you stay right here. And he fell asleep. And that, you know, and... Again, this treasure, this iconic man, our history here, he's sitting here, he's trusting me, and I will never, ever forget. And it wasn't some imparting words on his part. It wasn't some, hey, this is some great, you know, quote. He sat and took his power nap. And when he woke up, he looked at me he asked me he said where did you get your humility from wow and i and i and i said the same thing Like you know because he started to like he i guess he had read my bio too before riding with me and then seeing how i treated him and i began to tell the story about i grew up in the church i grew up seven day adventist and i told him about the experiences of of our communion and I told him about my experience of washing other people's feet in that humbling servant sort of position. And I shared with him about my dad, who's on the phone with you right now, and my mom and kind of how they were and the examples that I saw. And I said, I think that's where I get it from, Congressman. He says, no, that's where you got it from. He says, man, you, you should be running for office. You should be, you know, I said, Congressman, I, I would all due respect. I, I agree with you, but I think I'm going to serve in a different capacity, and we talked about that. Now that we won't get into. <laughs> and so, and, and so, and so, I'm serving in a capacity that he and I sort of talked about after he had taken his power nap. Asked me where I got my humility, and I respectfully said, I, I want to serve in a different capacity, and I'm and I'm and I'm doing just that. But I will tell you. He and I talked about in 2020. You got to make me emotional right here. Take
0: your time, brother.
4: Yeah, where wherever he wanted me to be to do what we did in 2016, I was his guy. Wow. And we I was looking forward to that.
0: Well, I want to encourage you. I don't, I don't
4: you. care where you go. You can go to Milwaukee. You can go to back to Florida. Ohio, didn't matter. I'm riding with you, Congressman. Wow. And that, that hurts that he's not here, but you know, his memory, the things he said to me, the instructions he gave me, uh, the path, the people, oh, I could tell you some stories of rooms. I'm like, well, how, how did I get here? And, but it's because he said there are things you need to see and he didn't like I didn't tell up behind he says do what you do I know how, you know I work a rural yeah man that that, 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 that that moment under that tree is out Florida in 2016 I'll never forget and it changed my view of our democracy not that I had a bad view but it helped me to understand that in the best way I can serve not as a Congressman or a senator or state rep, but in the way that actor, he pointed me. This is how you do that. He respected enough that I knew sort of what I felt like my calling was, and he wanted to help give me direction. I'm gonna tell you, powerful man. And so, it's not, so, so what I want to do now is, is um, I didn't, you know, if, any chance I get to bring my children in to whatever resources I have. That's one of the reasons why I brought my son to that breakfast. And I'd like for you to talk to him now because I think he, you know, he may have something to say because he is that, he is my future. He is my child that represents a generation of things I won't see, as Congressman Cummins said. Well, so I'd like for you to talk to him right now, if, if you don't mind, Coach Terry. I don't mind at all. that man.
0: I don't mind at all. And before we do, I want to share something with you because, like I said to your father, I hear the words of wisdom, and I, I also hear the effects of what it's like to be in the presence of such an awesome person. And, and, and what, what we are called to do as fathers is to raise up our children in such a way that we would be proud to see them raise up our grandchildren and our grandchildren's children. That's that's what we should, should strive to do, and we do that by laying a solid foundation, by putting them in places where, if you will, the word will get into them, that the right people will grab their ear and that we will put them in the right environment where they can serve and be of service. And so to hear you say how important it was that he mentored you and your father mentored you and you are now mentoring your son and putting him in places, I say to your father and to the late congressman, job well done. I say to every father, to every uncle, to, to every auntie, it's it's your role to make sure that the child is exposed. And, and it's one of the same reasons, sir, if you will, that, you know, Every part of my my company, Wando North, LLC, and every ounce of this show, Success in the Evening, I have my baby boy sitting with me. and Because I want him to understand the importance of hard work, the importance of relationship, and the importance of God in our lives and leadership. And so what I'm going to do at this point, I'm going to bring your son on, but I'm going to ask my son to open up his microphone. He's normally behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to ask him to also open up his microphone. But would you do me a favor? Would you go ahead and introduce your son? And then uh, I'd like for him to go ahead and tell us about his experience and, and his thoughts about where we are.
6: Okay.
4: Well, my son is uh, he's Mariko Edwards II. He's a senior at Morgan, Morgan graduating in May. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a great first kid anybody can have. Well, Grace, first son anybody can have. I do have an older daughter. And uh, he's, yeah, just Mariko, you go ahead and, and talk, son. Uh, good evening. Good evening.
0: Good evening, Mariko. Welcome to Success in the Evening with Coach Ricky Terry. And man, we are excited to have you with us. Can't wait to hear your experience. And, and as you are a senior in college now and getting ready to take on the world, I want you to know that the generation behind you that's my son, he's 17 and a senior. They're listening to your voice. The older generation, who might be too old now to to pick up the sword and fight, they're listening to your words because you are the next leader. And so we're excited to have you on. I think we, we might have saved the best for last, but we are excited to have you on. And please share as you wish, sir. Thank you,
5: Commissioner. Uh, so I remember uh, around the time of the Freddie Gray incident of. Uh, how me and fellow students had, you know, marched down Hill and Road in, you know, protesting in honor of, you know, the Freddie Gray death and that impact of how students were leaders together uh, on our own accord. And with that uh, moment, you know, I I had a conversation with uh, Congressman Cummings and I said, you know, how will I be able to lead my fellow peers in the future when so many roads have been paved? And, you know, he said to me, you know, when we were at that breakfast one morning with my father and grandfather, he said, you're on the right path. You were doing what you were supposed to be doing, and you need to continue to be a great leader. Now, at the same time, I told him again how remarkable of an untiring champion he was and how his commitment to my peers and to uh, my fellow leaders in front of me of how much of an impact he had already had and he was just a a real real life giant in my eyes because he had just done so much he was almost like invincible and and just he was a true, true uh, hero and champion um, on the front of, and for the past that he had forged.
7: Well I'm
0: Sorry. glad I'm I glad you shared that. I, I got a question for you. A lot of times we believe that there are generations who are not paying attention, who just don't get it, who are, you know, too involved in their in their phones and their video games. Uh, to really understand, but when I hear you speak, can you educate us on what we should be doing as more senior leaders to help those that are coming out of school like you, who are getting into the fight, who wants to be a part of the movement, I dare say, and who wants to defend, you know, everything that the Constitution of the United States says we can have, even though, You know, America has not always lived up to the promise of it. What can we do to help you guys continue the fight? Tell us what we need to do.
5: I believe that myself, my peers, need to put the phone down and have an honest and realistic conversation with the bricklayers before us because you all have seen a path that we may not take. But from your experiences, we know how much we can do down the path that we are bricklaying ourselves. And also to just always be in the loop of knowledge when it comes to staying on top of tournaments. I think the conversations are most important, especially especially with those who have already done before us, just like I spoke with Congressman Cummings, as I do every other day with my father and as I do with leaders on my own campus. We have to have the conversation. It has to be consistent. It has to be clear. And it has to be current. I
0: I, I think you just gave every adult. I think you just gave us words of wisdom. And and, and that could only come from a place where like your father, you've sat under a tree, if you will, and listen to those words that that are important and, and you know, it's really important to me, that's why I do the show, that we pass down the the ideas and the suggestions and the knowledge and the blueprint from those that, that I'm able to, to get in touch with. And I gotta tell you, I've I've had the pleasure of speaking to some powerful people since we started this show, but I think your words ring true because the knowledge i i have i got because i sat with my grandfather i listened to the men around my grandfather talk and they were talking about points of pride how proud do you think congressman cummings was of his neighborhood
5: very much so uh, as again a student leader in my own community I had a lot of conversations with leaders who had been in touch with him as well and the impact they had on their careers into where they wanted to be leading their foundations into. Okay. And I just honestly, again, think that a combination of staying in a, in a, on top of it kind of mode, uh, mixed in with just some, uh, some ideologies, really it plays a, an impact. Uh, on all of us here in the city of Baltimore. And, uh, again, just a true untiring champion for the city.
0: Well, I want to thank you. I, I think you again, spoke, uh, words beyond your age and, and definitely outside of what we as adults have come to think, but I want to remind, especially parents, uh, of, of, uh, of children, it's important that you, you put your kids in an environment where they can win. And and sometimes you gotta do that by reaching out to your congressman, you gotta do that by reaching out to your city council and, and let them know we need access to these people. And, and it's important that you put your children around the best you can get, even if all you can do is take them to a library and introduce them. I wanna take a moment, we're gonna take a quick break, but I wanna play a clip. And, and i got to tell you, this is a very powerful clip. It is remarks from Congressman's uh, first speech on the House floor. Uh, and, and i, I got to give um, this is by courtesy of, of uh, NBC News. So we're going to take a slight break. We're going to listen to this, and then we'll be right back after a, um, a music selection. Stay with me, please.
9: mission is one that comes out of a vision that was created long long ago it is a mission and a vision to empower people to make people realize that the power is within them that they too can do the things that they want to do and there's a poem that perrin mitchell said many many years ago that i say Sometimes 20 times a day, and it's a very simple poem, but it's one that I live by. It says, I only have a minute, 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, I did not choose it, but I know that I must use it, give account if I abuse it, suffer if I lose it. Only a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. And so I join you as we move forward to uplift not only the nation, but the world. May God bless you all, and may God bless America.
0: Guys, you're listening to NLG Radio, and today we are celebrating the life and the accomplishment. We have a rare opportunity to go behind the scenes, and i got to tell you, we... We get the story the national news give us, and I believe somebody at some level will do a a tribute uh, that is grand. I, I wanted to make sure that we got to tell the story from the grassroots level where the congressman really thrived. I wanted to make sure that you had access to it, not just to hear it, but to take a look at your own families, take a look at your own life and see if you are doing the things that are going to make us better. We have an obligation to be better. And I want to thank again all of my callers that have been on the line. Uh, I want to thank those that have, have uh, just sent in through our uh, Facebook They've just sent in through our Facebook and and through Instagram and, and all of the connections. And if you want to connect with us, I want you to connect with me on Facebook. I'm really on that one, okay? And I'm gonna give you that. It's under the number one, the symbol one, if you will, the number one. Due North. I'm sorry. I got I got tongue tied there. It's One Due North LLC. One Due North. D U E N O R T H. LLC. We're on Facebook. I want you to connect with us, okay? Um, my website is the exact same, onedonorth.com. north.com You can connect with us over there as well. But I don't think we should stop here. I don't think we should stop at the memory. I think it's incumbent upon us to raise up, you've heard me say it many times today, we need new drum majors. We need new drum majors. I, I remember when we had Barbara Jordan. I, re, I remember when we had the drum majors like Dr. King and Malcolm X and Shirley Shirley Chisholm, I remember when we had the drum majors who marched for us, who took a beating for us. I remember that. I want to remember right now the ones that we helped to create, my generation and those behind me. It's up to us to help to build the next leader, to light the pathway, to give them an opportunity to show what they can do. And it's also up to us to recognize that we must do better. Elijah Cummins said, we're better than this. We're better than dropping out of high school. We're better than giving up on our college degrees. We're better than walking away from our families. We're better than that. If you want to get better, if you want to move from better, we've got to do better and we got a shining example of what we need to do and so when we come back we're going to talk about what we can do to carry on the dream of a fallen leader
1: It brotherhood.
0: A leader, but we gained an angel. And my grandmother told me a long time ago before she passed, she said, Baby, I'll always be watching over you. My mom said to me, and we celebrated her passing just this weekend. She's been in heaven now for four years. She said to me, Baby, I don't have much to give you. Again, this is the early 60s in the South single woman with six kids in the projects, and she said, Baby, I don't I don't have much to give you, but I'm going to give you everything I got. And it's up to you to build on it. And I say to my kids now, I may not have much, but I'm going to give you everything I got. And I know there are other parents, much like the congressman and those around him. We're going to give you everything we got, But you've got to take it and build something on it. And so it's been my pleasure today to be able to bring some of the best and brightest minds to you. And when we come back, we're going to have them speak to you one more time.
2: then we shall be free. When we're free to love anyone we choose,
9: when this world is big
2: enough for all different views, but we all can worship from our own kind of views, then we shall be free. We shall be free. And when money talks for the very last time and nobody walks a step behind, when there's only one race, and that's mankind. That's when we shall be free. We shall be free. Stand straight. Walk proud. Because we shall be free. We shall be free. Have a little faith. Hold out. Because we shall be free. I love
6: you in a place Where there's no space or time
3: I love you for my life You're a friend of
4: mine And when my life is over
9: Remember when we
3: were together We were alone And I was singing the song to you
0: Welcome to nlgradio.com and success in the evening with coach Ricky Terry and the flight crew guys it has been my plum, pleasing pleasure to be with you and before we go all the way off the air I wanted to bring the Edwards family in one more time I gotta tell you today has been so special today has been beautiful Mr. Edwards what have you to say sir coach Terry, i just
4: wanted to say that thank you for the opportunity for us to um share our experiences about the congressman elijah cummings and for providing us with the platform as three generation of men who all were touched by him and touched him i have other children who aren't here but they certainly experienced some similar things, and I try to give everything to my children, but what you have right here, we are all honored to have this opportunity to share and to do it together as a unit, as the Edwards family, the name that my dad and his dad gave, and to be so connected in such a personal way with the Honorable Elijah Cummings is just, I'll never forget this moment. When someone asked me in two or three years, what were some of the moving moments? This will be one of them because if it wasn't for him believing in me and trusting me and befriending, we wouldn't be here to be able to share this. So so, so we're thankful to you and your show, your family, your son, your wife, for giving us this opportunity. And we'll be forever grateful for being able to share this with the Baltimore community and whomever else here's uh, what we've been able to share. Thank you so
0: much. Well, we want to thank the Edwards family for being with us, thank you, sir. And as I said off the air, I'll say on the air because I am who I say I am. I know this was not easy. I know that you guys are still getting ready and and trying to process the grieving period. But if you would do me a favor and please pass to Dr. Meyer Cummings that the Terry family, the flight crew, NLG radio, the DMV, the Carolinas, all the way up to Maine and all the way over to California and skip the water to Hawaii and come back through the continental USA and I dare, dare say the world. We are wrapping our arms around Baltimore because we know the Charmed City is a beautiful city. We know that it produces the best and the brightest And while we may not always hear it, we heard it today through three generations. We heard it today through a multitude of people who have come forward and said that, I know the congressman and the congressman knew us. We want to make sure that an entire generation raises up on the words of the congressman that we are to go forth, that we are to go forth in our leadership as my pastor said to me today, it's not enough just to get to the promised land. We've got to go all the way in. And we can't go individually, we must go as a nation. The congressman gave his last breath, his last little bit of energy, to sign documents that would protect the Constitution of the United States of America. Many men and women in service and out of service has laid down their lives to live up to and defend that very constitution now it's up to those that will come to fight the good fight it won't be easy my friends but it is a fight that must be done that fight includes it includes raising up our children continuing our education, staying with our families. And even when you can't, you steer, but still bear a responsibility to take care of your children. Because if you don't, there's a good chance there won't be a hero left to do it. So I'm calling on men and women of all colors and standards, from the richest to the poorest of the poor. I'm a poor boy, but I'm here and I'm in the fight. We need you now more than ever to step into leadership positions. This has been one of the great honors again of my life, to be able to present a living living legend. And I'm honored. I'm honored to know the people that knew a legend. And I can't wait to see the next group come along they're coming from Morgan and Howard and Hampton they're coming from Norfolk they're coming from ANT they're coming from down in Florida they're coming from Berkeley they're coming from HBCUs and they're coming from other universities they're coming up out of high school they're coming up and I tell you I can't wait to talk to you my name is coach Rick Terry president of One Do North your professional mentoring and coaching company And you've been listening to Success in the Evening. Thank you for listening to us. And remember, always try to tune in to NLG Radio, where we, where we serve the community. Well, I hope you like today's message. And if you have a comment or suggestion you would like to leave, just hit the record button. We'll listen to it. And if it's something we can play over the air, I promise you we will. Until then, remember, join us every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on NLGradio.com. That's NLGradio.com every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m., and you'll get a chance to join in with the flight crew and our special guests. We'd love to have you. And if you're a first-time listener, please let us know. Give us a call. Our call-in number is 202-299-6673. My name is Coach Ricky Terry, President of One Due North, and I am your coach.